Hey, hey, fire starters. Welcome back to another epic episode. I am so pumped for today because this episode is such a long time coming. But I am so excited to introduce you to one of my very, very dear friends, Madison Shaconi. You might know her as Mads or Mads Tads. Uh, she loves to go by that. We just call her Mads. But she is a full-time confidence coach and a master instructor at Soul Cycle. And she's also the founder of the Wicked Fearless Coaching Program and the host of the Wicked Fearless podcast. I was on the Wicked Fearless podcast many, many months ago, and we have been meaning to have her over here on the Females on Fire show for a very long while. And I'm so excited that we finally got to sit down and have this chat because she's somebody very near and dear to me. I think she's brilliant. She brings all the energy and all the love and is just such an incredible human and an incredible leader. And so we got into a lot of things in this episode, mainly how to be fearless. We got into what being wicked fearless actually looks like, how to really lose the safety net that is keeping you from just taking the leap and doing the thing, how to get rid of that self-doubt and, and negative self-talk that you have and really start to build up your confidence. And we tied it all in with her story of how she went from the grimy party scene in LA to being this rock star master instructor at Soul Cycle and now running this incredible coaching program and podcast and just leading women to build confidence and be fearless and go after those really big goals that they have. So Madison is just somebody that matches my energy to a T and I'm just so excited for her to get to bring her thoughts, her insights, and her kind of methods of how she's really growing as a human and living her life and living it to the fullest and taking all of these chances and risks and opportunities that come along and bring that to you guys. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. I'm not going to hold it up anymore, but I am so excited. So let's go ahead and get started with my girl Mads. Hey there, gorgeous, and welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, the place to be if you're an audacious, dreaming woman ready to ignite your influence, burn your limitations, and spark your success. I'm your host, motivational speaker, marketing coach, and Dr. Pepper lover, Haley Luckadoo, and together with the most incredible women I can find, we're going to bring you the best business and personal growth advice to help you create a profitable biz and step into the highest version of yourself. So welcome to the club, Firestarter. Now let's start turning that spark of an idea into a wildfire of success. Hey, want to know a secret? We've got a good one for you. Females on Fire is going live and in person with our first ever Females on Fire conference. And we want you to join us. Come join us in Dallas, Texas, August 10th through the 12th of 2023 for our first ever conference that is going to take your business and your personal growth to the next level. This is not your mama's business conference, and we want you there. We're going to bring together 300 women in a room that is going to feel like the fun and friendship and high vibe energy of your slumber party days, but we're going to do it with the business tips, the marketing strategies, the action steps, 
and all of the tools you need to step into your higher self. We're going to bring together the best speakers in the industry, tons of fun surprises. And of course, we couldn't have a conference without a dance party. Like I said, not your mama's business conference, a full day of business, a full day of personal growth, learning from the best mentors and meeting all the right people to grow your network and help you step into that higher version of yourself and higher version of your business that you've maybe been dreaming of for a while. That is what the females on fire conference is all about. And we wanted to make it affordable and easy and just a simple yes for you. So come join us. Tickets are on sale right now. They are the early bird pricing that you will never see again. And with tons of fun bonuses that you're going to want to grab. So head over to femalesonfireconference.com and join us in Dallas next August for the conference that I guarantee is going to change your business and change your life. Madison, I am so pumped to have you on the show. A long time coming. A long time coming. We've been talking about this for like (laughs) a year, at least a year. It's been a year. I always say it's just like, you know, when you get a bunch of like badass, busy women together, it's going to take a while for things to happen sometimes because everybody's got a gajillion trains moving. It's not, I always say it's not for lack of not wanting to, it's just like all our schedules, like have to mesh and mold together perfectly. And then we always make it happen. It's just, you know, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when exactly. And, and in the right time, the right time comes when it comes, can't rush it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm so pumped. I know we could probably turn this into like a a thousand percent. So we're going to do our best. We love it. Well, I know all of the amazing things about you that you do, but maybe our audience doesn't. So let's just dive in with telling them a little bit about who you are, what you do, what the whole journey looked like and how you got here. Yeah. So currently, you know, currently in my world, (laughs) I am a master instructor at SoulCycle. I'm a confidence coach and speaker. So just like all in that vein of confidence, personal best, uh, just always touching on all those subjects, how to show up as that best version of yourself, not only on the bike, but beyond it, stages, et cetera. I'm the host of Wicked Fearless podcast, and that's pretty cool. But I have like kind of a, a large backstory of how I got to that place in my life. You know, I went to school in Nashville for music, and then I worked out in LA as an executive assistant to lots of cool people, lots of crazy people, and eventually, like, like burned out and bottomed out there, uh, be it just burned out from work. Also, I was heavily involved with like a very dark CD kind of party crowd in LA. So that's where I had my first real rock bottom and then really had to figure out how to kind of turn my mess into my message and, and use that rock bottom to kind of bounce back or like, what can I do now? And that is how the journey began with the whole fitness path and soul cycle and everything like that. So very full circle moment, obviously was out in LA, uh, got placed back in Boston with soul. And now I've been in Boston for, it's so crazy. I, I never in a million years thought I would stay here this long, but I think it's like seven years now. So really insane. Um, yeah. And now I'm doing all those things here in, in good old Boston. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like the most, ju- ju- the most Judy Bloom version of it. So you can just <laughs> start to pick 
could chip away at it and we'll like (laughs) heal the layers back. It's perfect. How did you, you, you mentioned the rock bottom moment and I think that's something so many people can identify with. I know totally. I've, I've been on wicked fearless and we talked about my rock bottom moment and we dove into that. So, um, how did you, how did you get through that? And I know that's sort of a loaded question, but it's like, how do you suddenly decide like, no, this is not the life that I want for myself. And, and how do you use that and, and turn that around? And what did that look like for you? So I think with anybody, you know, rock bottoms look different for a lot of people, but I feel like when they're, when they're like real enough, you kind of just wake up and you're like, I can't stand myself. Yeah. Uh, my life is totally unmanageable. It's so out of control. I hate everything. Like I'm so disgusted. I have so much shame and so much guilt and so much like just dark dark emotion around it that you just don't have a choice. I think like something in you kind of breaks or something in you snaps where you're like, I literally just, I can't keep doing this. I'm either going to like end up in jail or I'm going to end up dead or something worse. (laughs) I don't know what's worse than going to jail or being dead, but you know, I've experienced one of those. So we'll get into that. But like, um, so, uh, it was kind of a series of things. So I actually, you know, I had this experience of a night out in LA where I was dating, somebody at the time and we like got in a fight and I got in my car to drive home. And, um, I was way, I, I was way too drunk to drive. Like the, fa- it's so, it makes me so just like angry now because it was so selfish. And yet it was like, I was 22 years old. There's no Uber. There's no, whatever. I didn't feel comfortable where I was. And my only thought was like, I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so took my keys, got in my car, got, you know, hit a bunch of cars in Hollywood Hills, got a DUI, went to jail for the weekend. I got in there on Friday, didn't get released till Monday. Um, and that was kind of like one of the first big hits. And you would think that would be like your rock bottom, right? You're in jail. You're like, <laughs> my life. Um, but really I, it wasn't my rock bottom. I continued on like that path, just not in the same level of like partying. Um, but eventually here we go with like a really gnarly breakup happened. And I was just like, I would, I was like going to bars by myself. Like it was just like really bad, toxic behavior. And, you know, it's even more dangerous because you're just running around LA by yourself. And it's easy to kind of like, when you have certain groups of friends to kind of like mold and shift into these different places. So you're always kind of like, welcome, you're keeping the party going. You're like, whatever. Um, and that breakup, I remember a, a, a girlfriend of mine, it was like a friend through this guy, um, his boss's girlfriend gave me a book called spirit junkie by Gabby Bernstein. And she was like, I think you should read this. I think it'll really like change your life. And I just related so deeply to Gabby's journey with just her rock bottom of like waking up that morning from like, I don't know, a club or whatever. She always tells a story about how she goes to get her purse from her friend. And like her friend is making eggs with her boyfriend of the time. And it's just this very, like, that's what I want. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm so empty. I'm so whatever. So that was really the moment that kind of shifted everything for me. And that's when, you know, I have a very clear memory that that book really just kind of set me in a different trajectory. And so Friday night started to look more like going to, you know, 
at the time it was called golden bridge yoga and Gabby was speaking. And so I found myself sitting, you know, cross-legged on the floor with a hundred something people in a yoga studio with Gabby and gongs and like things like that versus going out to clubs and, you know, just wrecking my body on every level possible. Like, you know, you name it, I did it. So that's really when it started to change. And then, you know, I think through just that path and working certain jobs that weren't working for me, you know, I kept going on that path of digital marketing, digital agency, and I kept getting let go and let go or like, it wouldn't work out. I worked somewhere for six months to a year. And then there would be like a round of layoffs in November. And I find myself lay off again, crying in my car. Like what the fuck? Like this isn't working. Like something is not working. And that's really what led me to get the job at SoulCycle. The last time I applied for SoulCycle in LA, there was for a Boston position as an assistant studio manager. And I was like, screw it. If I get this, I'll move back home, yada, yada, yada. They call me and they're like, we actually have a position in LA if you still want it. And so that's where the LA journey of SoulCycle began of being a studio manager, all those good things, which then eventually led to me auditioning to become an instructor and then going to training in New York and then getting placed in Boston. So kind of like a little bit of a tangent there, but I feel like it kind of has this very full circle moment. I always say like soul cycle saved my life in a lot of really interesting ways. I think that's why the relationship tends to be so complicated with me around it. You know, yeah. and I think not just myself, I think with a lot of people, like it's not just your job, it's your livelihood, it's your community, it's your saving grace. It's it's so much more than just a job or a career. It's literally like braided into the fiber of my being. Um, so that can be awesome, but also can complicate things, you know, yeah. when you're not having a great day at work. <laughs> I love it though. Cause I mean, and I think there's so many things like that, right. That it just becomes such a part of you that it's like, yeah. you do kind of have a complicated relationship with it. It's like, yeah, it's ah, super complicated. I love it, but some days I don't, but I do, but you know, it, it's yeah. one of those things, but, but I mean, you've gone on to have so much success with that. And then I know when you started the podcast, wasn't it like beyond the bike or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the intention, right? Yeah. Well, the intention, and I also launched it like a few months before COVID. So 2019 was like the best year of my life. Like truly (laughs) I, I leveled up twice at soul cycle. So I, I, and I taught at several different pop-ups. Like I was just like on fire that year. I just felt like I was on a rocket ship. I was speaking at events, create, not create and cultivate that. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Manifested that right there. Um, I was speaking at best of Boston with like Camille caustic and like, just like all this really cool opportunities kept coming my way. I felt like, you know, I was teaching this full, fully loaded schedule of like 15 classes a week. I was speaking at events every night, different panels, different things doing, um, like I did an event where we were building vision boards. Like it was just like, there was my calendar could not have been more chock full. Mm -hmm. So I started the podcast in November, 2019. Like we're going up. I'm like, so excited. I make master instructor in December. And then obviously 2020 pandemic happens. I don't even have a fucking job anymore. So it's like, what now? Um, and that's kind of where I started to really go run with the beyond the bike. Um, but I realized that I wanted to streamline all my platforms. So that will bring you to during the pandemic. I was like, how can I keep serving and inspiring beyond the bike when I don't have the bike? And so burst wicked fearless, which actually started out as tribe fearless. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of pushback on the word tribe. 
Uh, so I actually had to do a complete rebrand. You know, I launched this brand and had to do a complete rebrand because we were obviously in this super polarizing time where just like you could do or say anything at all, I felt like. And so I received a lot of backlash around Tribe, which I was really, it really like, a, it really hurt me because that to me always was like my community, my people, my chosen family. Like I'd always used that word, but apparently it was no longer, I could no longer use it. So uh, so became Wicked Fearless because I was like, well, I feel like Boston will always have a little piece of my heart. So oh, I love that. Wicked. Um, and still now I'm like, will it stay Wicked Fearless? I don't know. So um, I wanted to streamline across all my platforms. So Beyond the Vike eventually became Wicked Fearless podcast. My group coaching program is called Wicked Fearless. And it's kind of like my slogan, wildly capable Wicked Fearless. When mm-hmm. I just uh, launched my gratitude practice journal this year. That was the title of it. Wildly capable wicked fearless. So it has this now kind of theme, this vein that flows through everything. Um, wicked fearless, wildly capable, all that stuff. So I love it though. Cause I, it's so funny now because you're like, will it say, I don't know. We'll see. And I'm like, I can't picture you not being like wicked fearless. That's what I think of when I think of you, cause it's such a perfect name and it, I think it just embodies you so much. So it's so funny looking at it now. It's so interesting because I feel like sometimes, and this might help someone out there, like you want to launch something, you want to create something, you're so hard, like you're so hell bent on like the colors and like what it's going to look like and the podcast cover. I mean, how long have I spent (laughs) in Canva, like freaking out over a podcast cover? And I'm like, you know, you could freaking change it next week. You could change it whenever you want. You know, you could create this whole beautiful brand and be so obsessed with it. And then it like offends people. And you're like, well, I never meant it to be offensive, but it doesn't matter what my intention is. It matters how they feel. So then you're like, fuck, now I have to rebrand the whole thing. And so you just never know how it's going to end. But I, I've tried to, uh, have less attachment to that because it's like, that's just the means of like how the actual message gets out there. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the message and how it like the form, the package that it comes in. I try to think of like a gift, like it could come in a box with a bow. It could come with this, but like, if the gift is still fucking awesome, no one's going to be like, Oh, like the packaging was kind of like, you can always, <laughs> yes. you can always upgrade the packaging. It's like, is the product is the message is that part uh, yes. actually valuable. And like, so I try to d- take like a lot of attachment out of like that part, like the vanity metrics of it, which yeah. is challenging. It's challenging. Cause it's like, you're proud of things you make and you spend a shit ton of time in them. So you want to be like, Oh, I feel good about it. But now I think after like a couple of different like rebrands, things like that, I'm just kind of like, maybe it could change. I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to be in a few years. I love that though, because I think it's one of those things where like we do, I mean, not, you know, not just your branding colors and the name and all this stuff, but we get so attached to everything in our business. And in a way that's cool. Right. Because it's like, you created this thing and you started this thing and now it's starting to take off and it's starting to make an impact. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want to do. Right. So it's so cool. And you you become so attached to it and it's a really awesome thing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're this attached to it, you know, you're, you're almost like choking it to death, right? You're, you're, I mean, you're smothering it because you are so attached and, and it's so, it gets so complicated. And so I think that's a great attitude to have with anything in business because it's like, 
you know, I'm here, I'm giving it my best shot. I'm taking one day at a time as it comes. And just at the end of the day, trying to make that impact and trying to get that message out there and whatever form that comes in, whatever name it has, whatever colors it looks like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think too, I can't remember who said this, but it really like, it really stuck with me with, um, someone was like, Oh, my, my baby, my business is my baby. And they're like, that's the most dangerous thing it could be because that means like, like I just said, like you're too close to it. So you're never, it's, I, I don't have the exact like verbiage around that description, but to me, it's just like, it means too much for you. You're too, like there's too much of your ego in it versus like it just being what it is um, and who it's for more importantly. So that kind of has always stuck with me. I can't remember who said that. Um, So I've really tried and I get, and try is a really good word around it because I don't think (laughs) you're ever going to feel like totally like awesome when things had to change or whatever. We obviously don't like change and we spend a lot of time and energy, not only physically, but emotionally on these things that we craft and create. So, um, it is tough to kind of like, just kind of like release your reins a little and like let it run by itself. But yeah, it's not an easy thing. It's not, (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) We're all just out here doing our best. Let's be honest. (laughs) Literally. Literally. Um, let's go back. I, I know you, you're like, I'm not super caught up in the name, but I love the name wicked fearless. And I kind of want to dive in just to that concept for a second. Yeah, totally. Um, because you, I'm going to say this and you're probably going to laugh because you're like, really, but you do, you come across as such a fearless person. And I know you talk a lot about that, about like just going for the thing and just like, you know, having that belief and that courage and that confidence in yourself, that's something that you talk about a lot and that you very much embody. So what does that look like for you in your daily life? And what has that looked like kind of across the board in your journey? And and kind of with that, what's your advice to everybody on how do you just do the thing? How do you build up that confidence in yourself? How do you really actually become that fearless that you can just go after a goal and, and not be super attached to the, the end game of it and just like live your life and give it your best shot and be okay with however that turns out. Yeah. Ugh, my answer has been changing a lot for this. And I think it's just become like that. more introspection around it. So I honestly think, well, I could do it like two prong a little bit for me. I think that through some of the experiences and those rock bottoms that I had, And the fact that I figured out how to share them so vulnerably, which is super courageous because obviously people are going to judge you and be like, what a mess, what a, whatever, what a, whatever, point the finger. But one of the things I think that uh, helps me to show up courageously and confident is this notion. And I can't remember who I said this to lately. It's this thing of like, you can't hurt me more than I can hurt myself. And what I mean by that is not only my mental, because obviously we're way more, I could say meaner things about myself than anybody else out there. Right. But I also think of it twofold. Like I really, you can't hold anything over me. Like you can't, I don't have skeletons in my closet or shame and guilt around things that I've done because I've shed light on them. So there's nothing in the darkness that I'm like, Oh, if they find this out about me, they're going to know I'm a fake. They're going to know I'm a phony. It's like, it's all out there and it's, it's, I bear my soul. And that's been part of, I think my brand and what makes people 
want to come on the journey with me. It's like, I really try to show all the different sides, um, you know, peek behind the man behind the curtain in the wizard of Oz, you know, like the great and powerful Oz. So I think that definitely helps me to feel confident in myself in the sense of like, you can't, what are you going to say to me? Or what are you, you know, like, I already know all the things that I am and all the things that I've, how I've had to like claw my way back in some places of my life. And then additionally, I think again, from that kind of courage to show up vulnerable and authentic, not only in those situations, but then in my everyday life, then I think it's just like a muscle in the gym, you know, it works if you work it. And that all comes from, I think, just showing up in different call them like sandboxes and arenas and putting yourself out there in different circles, situations, events, groups, um, constantly being curious and not berating yourself or not having something correct on the first time or whatever. Um, being a little nervous, like one of my favorite things to tell people like, well, how do I create more community? How I, how do I like test this theory of fearlessness? And I always say like, show up, go sign up for a free event on Eventbrite in your neighborhood and go by yourself. Oh yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Another one I uh, give to the girls in Wikipedia lies, go to dinner by yourself, Mm. like hold space for yourself, be like, and you learn a lot about yourself in that situation. And I don't knock it out of the park every time I've definitely shown up at events before where, you know, I like, I have the tendency to want to be on my phone more or like, I kind of look around and I don't know how you put your, you're literally putting yourself in a situation to be like, okay, like let's see, let's put your, like, let's put your money where your mouth is a little yep. bit. And let's like, try to make this a, an engaging experience. What can I learn from this? Um, and going back to like the first part of that, of like, no one can hurt me more than I can hurt myself. Um, like you, you always kind of have the power in you to do these things. It's just, again, like flexing that muscle, um, and being like, well, I didn't do great that time, but I'm going to sign up for another one. And the next time I go, I'm going to learn someone's name and maybe get coffee with them and setting these different benchmarks for yourself. And it's crazy because people think confidence or like building up your courage come in these like giant moments of, you know, I do think of like Bernie Brown, like the arena, I think they come in these giant, giant moments, but honestly, it's in those tiny daily moments every day. One of my favorite things. Uh, another little challenge I like to do is compliment almost every person you come in contact with in one day. Oh, I love that one. And it forces you to have social interaction, especially people that are more, uh, reserved or nervous to create conversation or how do I, and it's so crazy, this like emotional level of, and I guarantee when you give someone a compliment, they're not going to be like, go screw. They're going to be like, Hey, thanks. (laughs) maybe you get a compliment back, but it's a fun little game to play. And sometimes it can get really out of hand, depending on where you live, like walking down Newberry street. I'm like, I like your coat. I like your shoes. I like your whatever, but you'd be surprised how your energy level also changes when you kind of go about your day like that. So just some little tidbits in there. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that you brought up the vulnerability piece because I do think that's such a an important like connection point, especially in the world we live in now. I think it's just more important than ever, you know, with people looking at, at the, the coaches they want to work with and the brands that they want to buy from and the the people that they want to follow and, and the content that they want to see on their screens every day. It's like, you want to connect with somebody that you really feel like 
you have that, that sense of connection with, and you want that, that person that you're like, Oh, I've never met them in the real life, but I feel like they're my best friend. I feel like I know them. Right. And I think that only does come through a certain level of vulnerability because we've seen people in our lifetimes that, you know, they get on these platforms and they build these communities and they build these things. And then we find out that they're not really the person that they said they were. And that, you know, that's always one of those things where the people that follow that person, they do feel like they just lost somebody important in their, you know, it, it becomes very personal and very emotional and and all of that. So I love that you brought up the vulnerability piece, but I especially love the part about you can't hurt me more than I'll hurt myself. Because I think, I think that's kind of the biggest part of it, right. Is like courage is not, like you said, it's not born in those really big moments. It's a habit and it's a habit that you have to learn how to build just like anything else, just like learning to go to the gym or learning to drink water every day or like like, whatever, you've got to build that habit up. And and it can be really tricky, but I think at the end of yeah. the day, we're our own worst critic and our own worst enemy pretty much every time. A thousand percent. And I think also like you just made me think of this, like courage, courage, and also like, um, risk. So obviously like those bigger moments are going to have higher risk, higher reward, but you don't have to always have like those moments to then also be building in the smaller moments. So like, yeah. courage can look like a lot of different things, depending on like the risk, obviously the risk of like going to audition for da, 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 da. Like for me in the past, like auditioning for page cheerleading is a larger risk of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable when you don't make it. Yeah. When you don't make the team, then it is for me to like, you know, dish out 15 compliments on Newberry <laughs> street. So obviously the risk is very different, which I think will fill up the cup differently when it comes to the feeling of mm-hmm courage or being courageous in the moment, but you can have tiny moments that create radical change just as much as you can have these big overarching moments where, you know, you really have that breakthrough. I think you need kind of like a nice mix of both. Yeah. And well, and kind of to your point, like sometimes I think you think the big, the big show of courage, the big thing is going to be the thing that like totally sets you on the path. It changes your life. It does the thing. And a lot of times we end up finding that, you know, we don't get the thing. We don't make the thing. We do fall fall on our face and fail and embarrass ourselves in front of everybody and whatever. And it's like, oh, you know, everything I worked up to is falling apart. I'm a failure. I'm, and it, it becomes everything you just said. It's like, I'm now my own worst critic. I'm now my own worst enemy because I'm saying all of these things to myself. And what am I teaching myself that if I go have a big act of courage. If I go do something very big and very public, I am going to fail and I suck at this and I am not meant for this and I am not good for this and all of these things. And now you're building up a very different habit, right? And so the next time you have an opportunity to go have one big moment of courage, it's like, will you do it? Probably not. And that becomes really hard. Yeah. So two things that are like, uh, popping out for me in my life. We'll, we'll talk about, so I auditioned for Patriots cheerleading. Uh, I can't remember how many years back now. And, you know, I made it every single round and it was like very much like, I felt like everybody was on this journey with me on social media. Like I was sick as a dog for one of the auditions and I made the entire day. I was like praying I would get cut because I was like, so sick. I probably like, oh I think God. I had like full blown flu. It was like, really, oh, no. there's a whole episode on my thing about how bad it was. Like, the <laughs> 
So I make it to finals. I go to the rounds and I go down, you know, I take all this time off from soul cycle. Everybody's rooting me on. Everybody's behind me, cheering me on. Like I have my whole community watching me do this thing. I go to finals. I don't make it showing up on social media post, not making it. It was definitely one of the scariest things I've done. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, now I have to like, I have to tell everybody what happened. Like I can't just go rogue or go silent radio silent. Although you do see people doing that and you, that is where you lose your community. That's where you lose your people because you think that they only want to see you succeed. Yep. And that's not the case. Most of the time, the people in your community and the people that are cheering you on also just want to see you. Yeah. They want to see you win. Yeah. They hate when you lose, but they also want to see like what you do with it. And also there's this weird thing that happens in my mindset. It's like, oh, like they still love me. Even if I fail, they still love me and adore me or want to follow me or want to engage with me. It's not just about the accolades. And I had to use that mindset actually, Haley, when I did the pan mass challenge. Um, and it's also what I think about when I sign up for a marathon, because my immediate thing is like, what if I pass out? What if I get hurt? What if I can't do it? And they like donate all this money to my cause or what if, what if, what if, what if, and now you have to really work. This is where then that work yeah. comes in of no, if you fall or if you fail, your community is not going to be upset. They're going to care. They're going to be like, oh my God, I hope she's okay. They're going to have your back in that sense. And it's just such an interesting uh, dynamic of um, conversation, not only just with yourself, but in like knowing that it's not just the people, they're not just going to show up for you when you win. Um, They're going to show up for you when you fail and you lose too, especially um, if you have the courage to showcase it, um, the wins and the losses, which, you know, in a world that's obsessed with the highlight reel, it's really uh, refreshing when people also take you on their uh, big failure journeys. Yeah. Um, And I think, I think too, you make more impact when you show them the failures, right? Because it's like, at the end of the day, like, do I want to see you succeed? Of course. Am I going to learn a lot from you succeeding? Maybe I might learn something. You might be able to tell me how you did it. And I might learn something and it might be cool and whatever, but am I going to learn way more from watching you put yourself out there and fall flat on your face? And not that I'm rooting for that at all. Like, it would, you know, it would hurt me to see that for you. But if you can come back from that, am I going to learn more from your comeback story than I am from your success? Yeah, probably. And so as, as leaders and as community builders and, and people who do want to make an impact, I talk all the time about, you should want to be an impactor, not an influencer, right? Because an influencer is going to show the highlight reel and all the good parts and all the successes and all the wins. And an impactor is going to say, okay, what story do I tell that's going to give them the most, that's going to make the biggest impact on my community. And most of the time it is those failures. It is those losses. It is being able to say like, Hey, yeah, this happened, but here's me standing back up. Here's me trying again. Here's me doing it better. Here's what I learned. Take this and go learn from it too. Yeah. It also conveys like a totally different emotional connection with whoever you're watching or engaging with. So it's so interesting. I said this in my class this morning, but I'm going to like open it up a little more for this. So I talked about, you know, you ever watch the videos on YouTube or whatever of like a track meet and somebody falls at the beginning Yep. and you're like, Oh, you're like, feel so connected. Like you want them to win. And then they come back and win it. 
like that story, you are so much more emotionally invested in than somebody that just like runs the race and wins Mm -hmm. because you're like, you feel for that person. You are just like so much more connected with that kind of like watching that kind of triumph versus just like around the track and winning it, you know? Um, so that's definitely something to think about when you think of like how people invest themselves into you or vice versa, there is always a a more deeper emotional connection. And it's also way more inspiring when you see the bottom outs, the pitfalls, the trip Mm -hmm. ups, and then, okay, well, then they did this, that that's pretty cool. Yeah. And like that conveys a different level of inspiration and motivation. Um, it's just like a different emotional investment, I think. Yeah. Well, and to your point, I think like literally anybody, you can sit here and think like, okay, who do I follow? Who do I pay attention to? Who, whose community, whose world am I in that I do feel really emotionally connected to, and that I do feel that kind of bond with, and that I, you know, I'm constantly loving their content because they are so real and raw and honest and vulnerable, and they're constantly showing up in that way. And when you start to think of like who those people are in your own life and you follow them for that reason, yeah, I think it almost becomes less terrifying to go be that person for somebody else. Right. Because if I look at like my biggest mentor and she's constantly showing how she's falling on her face and constantly showing the failures and, and explaining what she's learning from it in real time, then it, it doesn't feel as scary for me to go do that to the next person in line. Right. Because I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, if she can do it, I can you know, it. this, this is how she does it. And it's not that you're like copying somebody else or, or no. anything like that, but it's, it's almost that borrowed belief, right? The yeah. Like borrowed, borrowed belief, belief of inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Like I can do it. I have, I am capable. Absolutely. Um, I can do this. Yeah, for sure. It's like, if they can do it, I can do it. It gives you that, like, it's like secondhand. Yeah. I guess it's like that secondhand emotional belief, like, okay, they can do it. I can do it. And they're showing me how, so I'm going to show up for myself too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, at the end of the day, I I think you're right. And I think that builds community more than anything else. And it, it's a funny thing because I think when we're caught up in just being courageous and doing the thing and putting ourselves out there and not being attached to the final result and just like enjoying the journey and like seeing what happens when we're in that versus being in like, I have to grow my community. I have to grow my brand. I have to get more followers on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And yeah, you know, it, it's amazing the dynamic that happens because it's like over here, you know, when you're, you're so focused on building the brand, so focused on building the community and growing the numbers. It's, it's like we said before, it's like, you're just smothering it. And it grows so slow and you do start to feel more like a failure every single day. And you do start putting yourself out there less and becoming less vulnerable and showing the losses less because you're so embarrassed that it's not growing and that it's not, you know, doing what you wanted it to do. Whereas when you're just focused on showing up and being who you are and letting that translate to your community and, and translate into the impact it grows so much faster because people are so connected and people are yeah. so in it with you and they are learning more. They are being impacted more. And so the, the brand grows, the numbers grow, right? Every, you get more opportunity that way. And so it, it's funny that 
the focus is what really makes the difference. And yeah, it's the focus on actually growing the brand on actually doing the thing is the thing that will end up killing it at the end of the day. Yeah. I feel like I like I'm on the balance beam with that one too, because I find myself going back and forth there a lot, yeah. you know, um, you know, cause people are like, well, this doesn't matter. And this doesn't matter. And I'm like, well, the realist part is it does matter. And <laughs> yeah. all these things do matter when you want to try to create like those bigger, that bigger impact, that bigger, whatever they're like, well, follower count doesn't matter. I'm like, well, if you have 10,000 people following you and I have 200,000, that means I have way more eyes on me exactly. and way more opportunity to create impact. So I go back and forth a little bit. Um, but I do think when you are less attached, you don't have, um, it's called something, uh, Gabby, I'm going to, I'm, I'm like <laughs> throwing a lot for Gabby today, like the manic manifester. Yeah. So I talk about this a little bit with a lot of the girls that I coach. Um, it's kind of like holding sand as tight as you can. And the hot, the more you hold it, the more it like sl- slides through your fingers. I actually always talk about this toy. So I don't know if you know about this toy, but it kind of looks like a long, like, um, like <laughs> it's like jello-y, um, and you hold onto it. And when you hold onto it, it keeps slipping through your fingers. Oh yeah. Like, no, I know what you're talking about. What are these called? Yeah. It, I don't know. It's like, you know, whatever you get them at, like used to get them at like tilt. If you like, you put like, you know, you did a video game and you put your tickets yeah, in. It almost when, creates like a bubble on top of wherever your hand yeah, is. And, and it's it, kind it's, of like silly putty or something. Yeah. And so when you, when you do it, it's like, it keeps slipping through your hands. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those, like uh, puzzles that you put your two fingers in and then you try to pull it apart. And like, the more you try to pull it apart, the tighter it gets on your fingers and the more yep. ensnared you get versus like just relaxing. And then you can like pull your fingers out yep. kind of like a mind trip a little bit, but that's how I feel like the energy is. It's like the more you kind of let go and let God and let flow, then the more things come your way, which again, is like going back to what we said, that's like the most challenging thing when you just want it so bad, you yep. just want it so bad. And that's human nature to want it so bad to work your ass off and be like, why is this not happening for me? Like it makes total sense. Like I wouldn't say it doesn't make sense, but it's kind of low key messed up that the less attachment you have, the more things start to fall into place. But I think that kind of goes in the realm of that, how you're manifesting, how you're bringing things in. And also like how much faith you have in, you know, what's going on around you. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Right. Um, I love that we just dated ourselves to be nineties kids with all the different toy references. (laughs) Like, you know, you know what decade we came from Yeah, Um, the arcade, the arcade in the mall. (laughs) I love it. Um, no, I love it though, because it's like you said, yes. At the end of the day, do you want to have a bigger following? So you have more eyes on yourself. Of course. Like who, what, why would you not? Do you want to have like the perfect brand palette and a name that resonates with everybody and, and all of that stuff. Yes, of course. Like, should you put money into your branding? Should you put time and effort and energy into creating content? Yes. All of those things you're running a business at the end of the day, right? Like we're not here to pretend that we're not running businesses and we don't want to make money and be profitable and all of those things, right? Profit margins exist and I teach them on the daily. So I'm like, I, I 100% agree with you that, yeah, those things matter, but 
then it's also like on that, you know, on the flip side of the coin, it's like, I know. how do you build it though? Because yeah. if you want the big follower account, if you want the perfect branding, if you want all the content, if you want all of yeah. these things and you want this like business machine that's profitable and, and all of this, but also making an impact, then to some degree you have to let go and just trust. Right. So it's like, it's like you said, it's this very fine line balance. It's like walking a tightrope of just like, okay, I got to put enough time and energy and money and all the things into the branding and the content and into the business. But I also have to be able to step back and not smother it. Yeah. I think of, so I did gymnastics when I was younger and I thought of this, I, I, I can so visualize, like, it's such a visual thing for me with this feeling you're talking about with the, for me, it's like the exercise where you're walking on the balance beam and you're supposed to like dip one foot and then dip (laughs) along the beam. That's just kind of how this feels lately. At least for me, like, it's like, Oh, I'm trying to do this, but real numbers exist, but I also need to let go. Um, I say, I say this a lot, like with ego, I always, ego is like ease gap, ease God out. Mm. Um, so it's like when I'm really in my ego and swirling about like, why isn't this and I find myself in that place. I, I, a lot of times recognize like I am lacking faith right now. Yeah. I'm lacking belief, deep belief in a higher power that things are going to work out for me, that it will turn out how it's supposed to, and that there are divine things at play around me. And it's not just me fighting this fight by myself. So that helps me a lot when I feel like I'm going to lose mine. Yep. (laughs) I know the feeling. And it's like, you look for proof, right? You always look for proof in your life. And it's like, if you're still here and you're still doing the thing and you've had those rock bottom moments, like, you know, both of us have had those things where we're like, this was the moment where I was like, no, no more, no more. We are not doing this anymore. And we've both had those moments. And if you, if you've had those moments and you got through them, you already have all the proof that you need, that it's going to be fine. Right. Yeah. And that there, yeah. there's a way out and you just maybe can't fully see it yet. And then it's just the trust in like, okay, I can't see the end game. I can't see that, that final destination on this journey, yeah. but I'm trusting that it's there and I'm trusting that I'm headed in the right direction. Yeah. It's tough. And that, that in itself is the challenge. Yeah. That's the challenge. That's the the challenge that we'll leave you all. That's the daily challenge. (laughs) I love it. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation about, I know we just kind of let it roll and I love that. I love it. (laughs) You and I can just riff all day on all the things and really good. It's been great. So um, with that though, I always rapid like to fire. with the rapid fire. I knew you were ready. <laughs> I, I think I'm ready. <laughs> so just a couple of quick questions that I think are a little bit fun to close out with and that okay. our audience loves hearing. So, okay. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> courage, Madison, courage. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. What is one thing that you do every single day that makes you feel alive and on fire? Oh, I move my body. I love that. I could have did two prong, but you said alive and on fire. Yep. So I, I wanted to say gratitude practice, but I think for me, movement is really key for me. 
for me, it also happens to be a part of my job. So that makes it somewhat less challenging, but I always feel better when I move my body, even just a little bit. If I'm pissed off, I'm having a bad meeting or something. Even if I just walk around the block, go rollerblading, take a cycling class, go to the gym, like go to yoga, take a 20 minutes Pilates class on my phone. Like something that gets me out of my head and back into my body. A hundred percent would be my answer. I love that. It makes you feel so much better. You're like a so new person better. after new you- person gotten outside or gone for a workout or anything at all. Yeah. I totally agree. What is the last book or podcast that you loved? Oh, um, the last podcast I really love, this is so cliche, but I'm a huge, (laughs) I'm a massive Jay Shetty fan also Ed Milet, but he had Jay Shetty on. I can't remember if it was first time or a second time. And it was really good. They talked about relationships and it was just like really deep. And I really, really loved it. Uh, The last book I read, I mean, honestly, I got to be serious. I'm on like a serious sci-fi kick right now. (laughs) So so for pleasure, I do like pleasure books and whatever. So pleasure books, I just started the whole like Court of Thorns. Oh Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm jumping down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, But for more, I guess, like personal development right now, I'm reading Rachel Luna's new book. Um, And we got to actually see her at Powerhouse Women, but the name of the book is Permission to Offend. And I got it on Audible because whenever I see someone in person or I've gotten the um, opportunity to see somebody, I connect so much to somebody's voice. And hers in particular with storytelling is like really like, I don't know. It's just, it's it for me right now. Yeah. I I love her. She's so great. Yeah. I totally, totally feel that. Yeah. I love Jay Shetty and Ed Milet too, though. So I, you really can't go wrong with any of these. You can't at all. (laughs) I love it. All right. If you had $10,000 to invest in your business right now, how Mm. would you use it? Ooh, this is so hard because it's like right where I actually am in like the intersection (laughs) of my life. Yeah. I'm actually really torn between investing and people to help me create content on TikTok and Instagram versus investing for somebody to flush out all um, my automatic emails and processes and create landing pages and do all that stuff for me. I'm leaning more towards the latter because that is so outside my wheelhouse. Like it takes so much energy and extra resources, time for me to try to like grapple with Kajabi and all of the tech stuff that I am not good at. So one of my biggest things is delegating. So I think if I were to create my answer for myself, it would be that like the processes, the tech side, the better email, like engagement, all that stuff. I think that's where it would go to my tech, my tech girly would get. I love quick that. 10K. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> you outsource those things that you don't want to do. Right. Yeah. It's so Always. huge. It's, it's really hard as a solo entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, CEO, whatever, in general, it's really challenging to delegate, but yeah. the better you get at it, the so much better your life gets. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, you know, the females on fire community is all about elevating other women. So who is one other woman that you would love to give a shout out to? Oh, I love this. Okay. I mean, I got to give a (laughs) shout out. I am going to give a shout out to Jess Rose, AKA Jess Glazer. Um, I value her as a coach confidant, 
and leader very much. We also have her as a mutual contact friend, whatever. I feel like so much of this journey uh, that I've been on in the coaching space has kind of dripped from her, but I also just value how real she is, how cool she is. And yeah, I just think she's good people. Yeah. Give her a shout out. You know, I agree. (laughs) I love her currently in her mastermind right now. And and yeah, a little bit obsessed with her. So I totally feel that I should be in that with you, but we know that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of trips I have for myself this year. So much needed, much needed. Yeah. Like, I don't know, a honeymoon. So like, yeah, like that would be cool. Um, yeah. So that's what I would say. All right. Last rapid fire question. Okay. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? It's not cool. Like it's not (laughs) super jazzy or sexy. It's not supposed to be cool. (laughs) Stay in your own lane. So when I was in soul cycle training, I can't remember who said that it was either, uh, Janet or Marvin or Mel who are all like senior master training instructors. They've been in New York for, you know, over a decade, probably like going on 15 years plus even since the like ideation and birth of the company, but someone was like, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. And I like never really got that, but just even more so as you do start to bring in successes and things like that, it's, so easy to look around you and be like, what are they doing? What am I not doing? Right. You know, and that's how that kind of negativity starts to happen. As you look around, what are they doing? What am I not doing? Right. What's going on over there? What am I not doing? Um, and it's really easy if you don't, I kind of think of like the horses in the Kentucky Derby or whatever, you got to keep your blinders on a little bit. Like don't look at anybody else's paper and in the world that we live in, that is more challenging now. So than ever, um, but stay in your own lane has really that's really been one that's, I think really helped me. So I love that. I probably go with that. Yeah. I love that. I think it's one of those like oldies, but goodies, right? Like it's classic advice that stands the test of time. And tale as old as time. Yeah. Tale as old (laughs) as time. There you go. All right, Madison, tell everybody where can they find you follow along? What are you working on? What do you want to share with them right now? Yeah. So I think it always goes down in the DM. As I say, I'm pretty, uh, I'm very in my DM. So if you have any questions or, you know, if you're like, oh my gosh, this part of the episode, like really just related to me or it really resonated, definitely reach out, say hi. Um, so on Instagram at Mads Tads, M-A-D-D-Z, T-A-D-D-Z. That's where you can get to my website. That's where you can go to the podcast. It's kind of like the offshoot for everything. Um, right now I am working to relaunch Wicked Fearless again in some capacity in Q three, probably of this year. Like I said, I am getting married in May. So I'm just trying to kind of like enjoy that without feeling like I'm going to, you know, like a running around with a chicken with my head cut off. Yep. And then, um, yeah, all things there, speaking engagements. If you want to hire me, if you want to work with me, I do like one-off coaching calls, hail, call them hail Mary's kind of. So that's just the place where it all goes down for me. So that's where you can find me. I love it. And we will put all of that in the description and the show notes and all the things. So you guys listening, definitely go follow along because you will love her, love her content, love getting to hear from her all the time. So definitely reach out and tell her how much you love this episode. Madison, you know how much I adore you and adore I'm you so glad that this finally happened yes. after so long of 
just trying to get you here and, and get us both in the same, in the same. virtual little room to do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I'm very, very grateful for you. Very grateful for your friendship and so glad that we met and just hit it off and connected right away. And so grateful just to have you as a part of this community and, and for everything that you gave our audience today. So thank you for that. Thank you. I couldn't say, I couldn't say it better myself. So I send that back tenfold. And that's a wrap. Head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes, find fun bonuses, or grab your Females on Fire merch. If you loved this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a review, and then share your favorite takeaway on Instagram and tag us at Females on Fire so we can repost you. Want more? Join us in the Firestarter Club, a monthly membership focused on helping you grow your business and your network. And tune back in every Wednesday and Friday for brand new episodes to keep you fired up for those big dreams.